Welcome to the Herringay Education Partnership Brief. It's Monday, the 10th of October. I'm Luke. And I'm Maya, and we're here to bring you up to date with what's happening in education. Here's what you need to know this week. Head teachers are appalled after Kit Malthouse, the Education Secretary, made comments about the mediocrity in the school system. Jeff Barton, General Secretary of ASCOL, and Evelyn Ford, the union's president, rejected Malthouse's comments while acknowledging the underperformance of some schools. They said, these are not schools which are choosing to be mediocre. They're schools battling against the odds to do the very best they can for some of our most vulnerable children and young people. Schools Week reports that Ofsted has snubbed calls from school leaders to publish inspection training sheets. Twelve of these sheets have already been leaked via social media, but Ofsted confirmed it would not be publishing its guides. More on this coming up in our deep dive today. Speaking of diving, that is exactly what Key Stage 1 maths and literacy results did this year in the first batch of Key Stage 1 tests since 2019. The statistics published by the DfE last week show that only 58% of pupils reached the expected standard in 2022. That number was 69% in 2019. For reading, there was a drop from 75% in 2019 to 67% in 2022. And for maths, 68% achieved the expected standard compared to 76% in 2019. This week's Deep Dive, The Ofsted Leaks. The first weekend of October saw a potentially exciting leak from Ofsted. On various social media, at least 12 subject-specific crib sheets were leaked and shared widely. Ofsted has since released a statement which says these inspector training materials are incomplete and do not work as guidance for schools. But headteachers and the Association of School and College Leaders argue that schools should have access to these documents in the interest of transparency and fairness. Here to tell us more about the leaked documents and what they might mean for school leaders, teachers and the system at large is Dominic Spong, head teacher at George Spicer Primary School. Basically, this is all about the Ofsted leaked uh, documents this week. I first became aware of them over social media at the very beginning of the week where people had been sharing photos of the documents. And then it uh, quickly became apparent that people had access uh, to these documents. Basically, the documents are Ofsted training materials, so the materials they use to train their Ofsted inspectors and their HMIs who then go out uh, and use this information that they have to uh, inspect schools. So from our point of view in schools, it was really interesting to look and see that we obviously have access to their common inspection framework, which gives us a a guide as to what they're looking for. But the two of these, the, the documents and that weren't necessarily aligned. And from our point of view in schools, it's about transparency. If we're inspection is a big thing in school, it's probably one of the biggest things um, we try not to focus on it. But from our point of view, to suddenly have this set of documents that we weren't aware of or fully aware of and that they could use to, you know, inspect us. It it kind of felt that we should be aware of. And people have been saying, look, if these documents are out there, then make them publicly available for everybody so that everybody knows what the judgments are going to be based on. I think from our point of view, it doesn't necessarily always give us confidence that that this is something that is being done with us and with school improvement in mind, as opposed to more 
sort of this clandestine checklist, which is the danger that it becomes, that people have to um, tick off in the minds of the inspectors. Offset have tried to move away from this being an inspection that's done to you to as opposed to an inspection that's done with you. And I think they've tried to really change that sort of mindset of schools. But again, this sort of felt a little bit like going back in time and it was a more of a them and us kind of scenario. I mean, in terms of what they contain, they contain detailed questions, aid memoirs that inspectors can take out with them when they're on inspection and, and they're checking uh, that schools are providing a good level of education. Worryingly, I think it shows the level of scrutiny that can go on. And we know that there are some Ofsted inspectors who are very, very good. And we know that there are some Ofsted inspectors who would literally use this as a checklist. And if you aren't ticking all of their boxes, then they would start to raise concerns. And I think that that for me is a, is a worry. It's that consistency, which obviously they're trying to address by having these sorts of trainings. And one thing I would say is that Ofsted training from anybody that I've spoken to is some of the best that they've ever been on. That in, It's research-based, it's evidence-informed, but they keep it to themselves. And if it's about improving outcomes for children, which is what Ofsted claim that they are about, then they should share that. They should either film their training and make it publicly available, or they should just allow all who need or want to access it. Because then that way it levels the playing field. It's not about jumping through hoops. It's about we're working on this together to improve outcomes for, for children, which is what we as schools are always focused on. And this is what Ofsted claim that they are most focused on. In terms of things head teachers should be aware of and potential downsides of the leak, Dominic had this to say. I think from our point of view, seeing it leaked out on social media, I mean, we all know that there are positives and negatives to social media uh, and the power of social media. I think it quickly became available or, or we became aware that some head teachers had already seen these, which again is it's about what you know or, or who you know, which I think again is unfair. I mean, obviously, when I when I I got access to to the documents quite early on, which I shared with uh, with Hep and, and um, I shared with some head teacher colleagues, um, friends of mine, and who I know that uh, have an eye on an Ofsted window because it is useful to know what the Ofsted inspectors are going to be looking for. Uh, the danger, and I think there is a very big danger, is that you become too focused on them in school and you start to add lots of pressure onto your staff to make sure that they're ticking off. Um, I haven't shared these with my staff yet, my subject leaders. Um, I'm, I'm thinking and being mindful of, of what that would do for them and how they would use them. So I'm going to make sure that I take time to really decide what I'm going to do with them in my own school. But I think as head teachers, um, we are always grateful for having the information. Really, the final thing when we're talking about Ofsted, Ofsted and schools and school leaders have have a fractured relationship as it is. And when things like this happen, it widens that them and us mindset that we have. It, it doesn't feel that they're being uh, transparent, as I said, and it erodes the trust. The old adage is they're trying to catch us out um, starts to creep back into your mind. Those of us who have experienced tough Ofsteds, uh, and inspectors that were unwilling to listen or check information, you, you do wonder whether they've had these sorts of documents for quite some time, and that is maybe why that because they're not as confident in their own judgments that they uh, 
that they put that there. I think one of the biggest implications really is for small schools. If I was a small school head teacher and I had staff with very little time who were in charge of many different subjects and they were aware that of the sheer volume of work or, or scrutiny that they could come under in a deep dive from an Ofsted inspector, that would add an awful lot of stress, which is why I haven't shared it with my own staff, even though I'm a head teacher of a big school, because I think it is about managing the workload and the expectation. Be aware, but don't be in fear of these sorts of things. This week at HEP. Once again, we have a huge selection of events for you this week. On Tuesday, progression mapping and implementation in art with Adele Darlington will take place at 9.30am. At the same time, Margaret Mulholland and Catherine Walsh will host the Leadership in Send session. Later that day, Haringey Creates is putting on anti-racism in practice, starting at 4pm. Wednesday the 12th of October, we'll have two separate subject networks running simultaneously. The first, the Primary Science Network with Henry Hammond and Naomi Hizzock, will start at 1pm. While the second, new in-post RE network meeting with Jan Maguire begins at 1.30pm. And that's not all, because on Thursday we have key aspects in the development of number sense and early arithmetic with Chris Such, starting at 1.30pm. Then at 4pm, Heather De Silva and John Tomset are hosting the highly anticipated Leadership 55 session. All sessions are available to book on the HEP Booking Hub. This week, we've been watching Making Black Lives Matter More in Primary History with Andrew Wren. With Black History Month underway, it is important to reflect on how we incorporate black history and heritage into our curriculum 365 days a year. This week, we've been listening to Taking Risks, ECTs Trying Something New and Not Being Afraid of It, ECF Staff Room, a UCL IOE podcast. This podcast interviewed several ECTs about their practitioner inquiries, starting with their journeys into teaching, most began with inspirations from other teachers, and moving on to interesting research questions that could be applicable to new and old teachers alike. This week, we've been reading Jamie Tong's take on Battle Hymn of the Tiger Teachers, the Michaela Way. Although written in 2017, this book takes a curriculum and pedagogical perspective that remains pertinent today. And that's it for our Monday, 10th of October, HET Brief. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review, share on social media, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. This brief has been written and produced by Maya Cardwell and Luke Kemper. Music by Shane Ivers. We'll see you next week.